Welcome back once again to the Pre-Game Effect podcast. Uh, we took a little bit of a break, but we've got a good episode for you today. Uh, my name is Ian, and as always, I'm joined by Dom and Luke. What up, what up? Hello, everybody. Uh, but more importantly today, we have a special guest on the, on the podcast. We've got Rob Wilson from Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy fame. How you doing, Rob? Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, appreciate y'all for having me on. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming you're on. The best legacy <laughs> tournaments in the area, so got to give props where props are due. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. It it certainly does mean a lot. Um, so with all the buffalo chicken dip, everything, um, how did how did it kind of get started? Like, where the where did the chicken dip come into? How did the tournaments all get going? Yeah, so we started out, so the Columbus Legacy, there was a period of time where we didn't really have a place to do weeklies, and it wasn't because there wasn't interest or we didn't have people or the format was bad. There just wasn't space. I mean, it was, let me look at the trophy, 2019, like mid-2019, and arena hadn't killed standard and drafts at at the LGS level yet. So, you know, Thursday, Fridays, pretty much the LGS is in in the Columbus area were packed. Yeah. Yeah, It was hard hard to find table space. Yeah. And people are like, well, we'd love to have you. We just, we just don't have room because, you know, modern's drawing 50 people, standards getting, you know, 20 and then, drafts are firing so maybe you have two pods so you know and that was just one store and the other stores were, were pretty similar that were, were smaller so i kind of told people it's like well what if we just get together at my house i've got plenty of room come on over and people are like eh, man, yeah, that kind of sucks like whatever <laughs> i was like well i was like how about i make buffalo chicken dip and we just you know, maybe have some pizzas and maybe a couple of beers or whatever and, and just jam some legacy. Do you like, you know, eight man or whatever? Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna make food? Okay, we're we're coming. Like, <laughs> if there is one thing that magic players have always bonded about in the last 12 years I've been playing, it's either food during events or food after events. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know I've been to plenty of events wishing I could have pizza and beer. right i mean so that's that was like the hook i mean it started out with like i want to say like the first time we did it was like six of us Mm -hmm. and then it just kind of every week as i just kept making dip and people kept coming over and finally when we were at like 14 people in the house my wife was like can you find somewhere else to do this (laughs) (laughs) like this is kind of getting out of hand so I'm like, well, what if I just take everyone, you know, make dip, collect like 30 bucks from everyone and just buy duels. And at this point, underground seats were like 350. 
Mm. So it was really easy to do. Yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> like, you know, for for times. super cheap. Like, I still have all of the the records from the the early tournaments. Mm. And looking <laughs> back at the prizes we were able to do for like thirty dollar entry is just kind of insane. <laughs> so, you know, we we had the first Buffalo Chicken to BCDL one August twenty nineteen. And I want to say it was 24 people I capped it at. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't know if people would show up. I didn't know if people would even want to do this, mm-hmm. but it sold out quick and it's just kind of grown from there. And, and I think uh, I've really along the way tried to set reasonable goals mm-hmm. for, for growing these and not offer too much too quick and, and just have events for the love of the community. I mean, these events like now right now i'm charging 50 dollars a spot but pretty much everything goes back out i mean these events aren't aren't to make money i mean they're solely for the love of legacy i mean i get people asking why why do it like you know three years later you're still doing them why and it's because i want events to play in I mean, that's the benefit I get is, is having an event to play in. Yeah. And, you know, it's grown the legacy scene, certainly in, in kind of the Ohio area and allowing proxies like we do really makes the format affordable. I mean, you get people that will just like modern grinders that will come and just, Hey, you, you've got duels on the line. I mean, that's a better payout than, scg for a 400 person tournament like sad but true <laughs> yeah like let's do it here's my 50 bucks yeah. yeah so so have you have you always let proxies in yeah so one of the things when i started this there were kind of two things i really wanted to do i wanted to do prizes and cards because that would allow people to grow into uh decks and kind of build you know, organically and give them something to be invested in. Mm-hmm. And the other was allow proxies to, to, or proxies or play test cards to allow people to build into decks and to try new things or just to get exposure to the format. Cause uh, to me, legacy is kind of the best intersection of skill and power level mm-hmm. in magic. And I think once people try it, they just understand why it's lasted so long and why there's such a, um, you know, kind of a love for the format. I mean, you don't see this kind of thing happening with standard or modern. No. And, you know, that's why, I mean, people love this format. They love the nostalgia. They love the power level. I mean, it's cool playing with, with these old cards and, and really having a, a sense that anything is possible from a dex building standpoint or you know you just kind of run into interactions or cards you just never see anywhere else and and it makes for sweet gameplay yeah i kind of got lucky with when i started playing magic at our local shop up here um like i came back from my first semester in college where i like had bought like a deck builder's toolkit and just put together a couple decks out of there with my buddies and had a friend from high school who found out I started playing Magic, invited me to a tournament. Turns out I signed up for a Legacy event. 
And the very first round, uh, I played against a guy called him Angry Tom. Um, he, I played a forest and a Llanowar elf on turn one. Uh, he just assumed I was playing normal legacy elves. Jokes on him. I was playing a crappy mono green ramp deck. And he went turn one, underground sea, double dark ritual, like two lion's eye diamonds, and just killed me with doomsday on turn one. And I look him straight in the eye. I'm like, okay, back things up. I have no idea what the hell you just did, but teach me how. That looks awesome. And like I fell in love with Legacy day one for when I started playing tournaments. That's great. And it's like, <laughs> and the community around the Legacy format is some of the nicest people I've ever met playing Magic too. Mm-hmm. Like I had a guy when I was going to my first Legacy GP. I was trying to borrow one volcanic island so that I could fetch it first and then just have a couple of steam vents in my deck. And I was just playing like blue, red Delver. So I talked to the guy. I'm like, Hey, I can give you collateral, but can I borrow a volcanic island for the weekend? And he's like, I mean, I'm not going, you want to just borrow rug Delver. I have it sleeved. And he handed me his entire 75 right there. No collateral, no nothing. He's just like, yeah, just bring it back on Monday. (laughs) And just seeing that like for like 20 year old me, or not even like I was still 18 at the time. It's like, this guy just handed me more than my car is worth times three and like didn't bat an eye. So it's, as soon as I had that happen, I knew I was hooked on the format. I was hooked on the game, hooked on the people. And I've never looked back since. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that makes, you know, legacy so great in general is you have that kind of camaraderie in the legacy community. And, and that's really been one of the things that I think has made bcdl so successful i mean i've had quite a few people just come to tournaments solo and just know half of the room or mm-hmm. keep coming back for events and now they know everyone and they're just part of the community and it's you know it's it's awesome to to see these people again and again and then see them at scgs and talk to them and um just kind of have that that sense of like oh no matter where you go you know someone and kind of we're we're all in it just to play legacy and you know that in itself just feels like a huge win mm-hmm. yeah yeah i notice when i go even when i go to bigger tournaments and it's you know i know maybe i don't know half the room but i know enough that will introduce me to the other half of the room mm-hmm. and it's not long before i feel like i've known them for years yeah and I you know. don't get that going to a standard tournament. Yeah. <laughs> I know for myself, it's one of those things where I'm terrible with names. God awful with names. Legitimately, I've worked with some people for five years, and I still don't know their names. It's just like a nickname kind of a thing. But I'll go to these things, mm-hmm. and I know what decks these people play. I don't know their names, but I'm like, oh, yeah, that's uh, they're on that's taxes guy. Yeah. It always wears a hat like that. Okay. That's cool. Or, or this guy, this guy's always coming with something weird or, you know, it, it's things like that. Like I, if literally the last, uh, the last one we went to my first one, I was ever able to go to, I, I had a buy, which we had talked about how terrible my day was going, but I was able to kind of like um, scout a little bit for, you know, some of my other people here. I know no one's names besides, I, I think I went from the top, 12 tables so we're saying you know 24 people okay 
I knew five names because those were the people I know that play at our LGS. Besides that, my uh, my identifiers were like guy with fish shirt wearing sandals uh this person with an orange shirt and then i said like uh i said a color and the answer was or the question was well what what type of blue is it oh boy um well (laughs) it's uh it was a darker lighter i don't really know but still going up and still being able to have conversations with them you know which could then learn especially for my terrible memory when it comes to names um it's it comes along along the way and I, I think seeing that growth is so cool to see you know so I, I could only and like i said i've only been to one of these damn things but still knowing and seeing these people from past events too i think it's so cool so i can only imagine seeing it from the first six that showed up to your house to seeing what it is now i think it'd just be fantastic to see and, and it kind of amazes me you know still how far people will drive i mean the not bcdl9 it was eight there was a group of guys that drove from rhode island whoa yeah yeah they messaged (laughs) me um and and if you've kind of been around like i'm the only person on on the other side of the account whether it's facebook or or twitter i mean you're talking uh, directly to me but they messaged me said hey there's four of us that want to come you know, we're, we're driving and I was like, Hey, um, I gave him like a whole, I don't know, like guide to Columbus places to eat, places to stay and just kind of like answered any questions and help them get set up. And, you know, if you're coming for an event and you just kind of never been to Columbus or want some recommendations, hit me up. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll help you. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're not, some big corporate thing here it's just me and excel you know getting getting this stuff done and (laughs) i I think it really kind of builds um, a relationship when you know you can kind of have a real conversation it's just you know that kind of friendly aspect and whatever someone needs i mean you know i i went to gp atlanta a couple years ago and i loaned three complete legacy decks i mean one was to someone i didn't even know like yeah you're a friend of a friend take it yeah this guy vouched for you you're fine yeah yeah (laughs) or you know whether you need like hey you need hotel reservations here's places to stay here's restaurants like you know whatever you need if you're if you're coming for a bcdl i I mean i consider you my guest and i just really want you to have a good time because i know once you're here i mean you'll see the community and just kind of everything we do with the events and and i know you'll have a great time i mean we're very fortunate we have just a great group of people just as individuals that that make up our community i mean everyone has a good time like you know we say or like i say the rel level is is you know comp quotation marks because we allow playtest cards, but it's really like what I think of as um, serious REL. And by serious, I'm, I'm kind of referring to, to Team Serious. If you, uh, uh, any of you Ohio people know Team Serious, but what that really means is play competitively. But at the end of the day, we're all friends here. And it's not like, um, you know, pro, pro REL where 
you know, you're trying to get one over on someone or, or even comp REL where you're just get like, Oh, you missed a trigger. You, you breathe wrong. You missed that trigger. <laughs> you, you know, you tap something, you miss, like, it's not, it's not like that, you know, like it's, it's got enough on the line that people play for real and people play good decks and, and high level magic, but it's not so serious that, you know, we're not trying no to one's going to the pro tour here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like whatever the prizes are, they kind of pale in comparison to like the cards most people are playing with. Yeah. You know, so um I think it's a it's a great mix that that puts you in a position to, to have good competitive magic, but also really have fun with people and and really emphasize on how important the gathering aspect is. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, because I know I've seen at the couple of BCDLs that I was able to go to, I've seen people who like printed out a entire Legacy 75 and had never really played the format. So they're learning as they go. And then they get paired against the guy who's been playing with these cards since he opened them in booster packs. And like I've seen the person who knows what they're doing literally teach their opponent how to beat them in the middle of the match. Mm hmm. And it's like just seeing the amount of people who are literally just there to get people into the format. It, it gives these tournaments a different feeling than any other event I've been to other than the team series vintage events, because like those guys are the same way is they're happy to be there. They're happy to expand the format just get more people hooked on it. And mm -hmm. they're willing to do whatever they have to do to get people into it. Like I was at GP Columbus uh, a few years back in like 2015 or 2016, I think. And it was a legacy main event and they decided that they were going to run vintage side events. And I was handed a entire vintage dredge deck, all foiled, all signed. It was the most beautiful, expensive thing I had ever held in my hands. And he was just like, yeah, here you go. Go play. And just the amount of effort that people put into getting people into legacy into vintage it just shows how different the community is from like your average standard grinder mm -hmm. i'm convinced people don't play standard because they like it they play it because that's what gets you to the pro tour and that's why you don't see people playing it very much anymore yeah i only ever yeah. played standard because star city told me to yeah i mean i play uh, i'd play standard if there was like a fun deck like legitimately that's that's what i would see or you know i i was able to the last return to return to ravnica i was able to come up with some like a three color graveyard centric kind of deck and i was having a blast with it and when I sold out of those cards, I bought, I traded them in, I got legacy cards. So that shows you how that went for me. That seems like it turned out pretty well. Yeah. I remember trading in my mono black zombies after Jerry T1. Um, played it for a while right before rotation. I traded those in and I got my Rashad and ports when they reprinted them. And that's how I built goblins. And that's where it all started. <laughs> and it all went downhill from there. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> at, at least for myself, when I was playing, and we're talking 
12 years ago, 13 years ago, I was playing. We're going to put that quote. I, it was the like the Xbox game, Duel of the Planeswalkers. That's what was keeping me in the game. I liked opening the cards. I thought they looked cool. I didn't know how to play, you know. And I, I went to a, an LGS that's still around here, but it's really crappy. Um, and they were all like the, the gatekeeping type. That's how I'll describe them. And you guys all probably have an idea of someone in your mind that looks exactly how I'm describing it with just saying that. Um, and I had talked about, you know, oh, I like goblins. I think it'd be fun to play that. And they talked about the legacy deck for goblins. Oh, this is great. Not thinking that I'm, you know, a broke kid that's about to go into college and have all this money to burn. And uh, yeah, I, I built a really, really shitty mono red goblins deck. No ports, like no caverns, nothing. I had a blast with it until I got I played against someone who like knew what they were doing, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when I was like, yeah, I kind of don't want to play this anymore, and had it set aside for a while, and eventually they got us right and reprinted ports, and I didn't have to spend like nine hundred dollars on cards that weren't great at the time but uh here we are <laughs> yeah it's like this it's that kind of thing that makes it so like doing the tournaments with proxies just makes it so much easier to get into the format yeah it's like you don't have to play that hundred dollar mono red budget version you can try out the real thing mm-hmm. yeah and it's i know like for myself it's it's really nice i mean this, this is just at least my um you know what, what's going on with me is like i'm, I'm sending these cards off to get signed so there was uh like scg columbus just happened if we get into that cool it seemed like it was a cluster whatever i was looking at it and i'm like man it kind of be cool to go i would probably only go for a day but it's the pre-release stuff i don't really care for pre-release and it's modern i don't really have and i'm thinking i'm like oh yeah i have no decks fully put together because every single deck that I own has some number of cards that are out getting signed. I was like, oh, damn, I can't play. I couldn't play anything. So, like, there's my decision. It was done, you know. But if it was, if even if it was some number, if it was 5, 10, or 15, or whatever, that were, were allowed to use playtest cards, I, I would have been perfectly fine with that. You know, sometimes all you need is with one or two. But I think... Even if it's limited, I, I kind of like those too, because then it's almost like you got to still build towards the deck that you want to play. So even if you're playing blue, you can have your duels and you know your forces and stuff, but still have some of the chunk of the deck. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm down with it. <laughs> and for the the playtest cards, I mean, we've so kind of the for the listeners the the policy I've ran with like the kind of smaller call them 64 cap community events those are full proxy um most kind of the the only restrictions on it for these smaller events are full text and and card art so basically go to something like mtg press mm-hmm. you know print out the deck cut it up you know put it in sleeves with um, turned around cards or, or, you know, in front of cards or whatever. And, and there you go. Um, some people proxy the cards they need, you know, maybe they need one or two. Some don't even want to travel with their legacy decks. Like I've seen people that I know have full legacy decks that 
just like, I, I don't feel comfortable traveling with this just because of the expense. You know, maybe it's kind of their, their first time coming to a BCDL, like I'll just proxy everything. And then we get some people kind of the, I always picture Joe Dyer in my head, you know, good friend, MTG goldfish calling this awesome all around dude, Joe Dyer, who just brings a brew. And, you know, when you can use play test cards, you can just play whatever and, and just have fun with it. And there, there are those people that just want to have fun and play off the wall, wacky stuff. And it's great. So, I mean, you know, when people think play test cards, they think immediately like, Oh, people that don't have the money for cards or blah, blah, blah. And like, that's, that's kind of not always the case. And I think that surprises people, you know, the different people that will run play test cards and, you know, kind of that there's, you know, more to it than that. I mean, I would say probably on average, about 80% of the people own their cards, mm-hmm. like ha- have their complete decks, which I mean, is more than I kind of would have thought when I originally started this, you know, either they borrow or they, they own them. Um, and that's kind of for these smaller events that are that are basically like 2K in prizes. I mean, that's kind of like what I spend on prizes for these like 64 player events. They, um, you know, that, that seemed like a good sweet spot. And then uh, for the BCDL Open coming up in, in November, I'm going to, just because that's going to be a minimum 5K, I've kind of tighten the policy a little bit regarding play test cards. So what I've done for that is kind of try to take a, a little different approach. And I've had play test cards made from, from MPC using MTGO art. So, you know, there's kind of full tax and art and then non magic card backs. They just um, are card backs with the BCDL logo. And I'll, I'll awesome. give those out to people from kind of a limited number and i've done a couple runs of these play test cards they're the exact size and almost the exact weight of a of a real magic card Mm -hmm. because like i don't know what point it is but at some point there may be some incentive for someone to cheat Mm -hmm. and when you kind of have play test cards there's some kind of ability to maybe mess with your deck in a way that it is possible to cheat. So this kind of gives me a, a little more, you know, competitive integrity for these larger events where, where we're, you know, having like 5k in prizes. So I, I've really tried to kind of strike the balance between allowing cards and also kind of thinking from a competitive standpoint what's best for the players because mm-hmm. you know when you bring up play test cards and proxies you get a whole gambit of opinions some think it's great burn the reserve list down you know everything should be twenty dollars you get some people that are um without the reserve list magic's doomed and my quote unquote stock portfolio is garbage now that you know they they think their pile of reserveless cards is their retirement account and, and you kind of get 
get everything in between. So, you know, I've really tried to find a way to, to work it for everyone. Cause what I want is anyone to be able to play the format, you know, kind of regardless of finances, like we're, we're not gatekeepers at, at BCDL. I mean, there was, you know, we're a very welcoming environment and want anyone to play regardless of financial or, or skill level. Um, and we've also been very fortunate that, um, you know, members of marginalized communities kind of trust us and the character of our community members to, to also come join us and play, which is, you know, something I'm, I'm pretty proud of. And, you know, I've gotten feedback from those people that they really do feel welcome and comfortable there. So, um, you know, like it, I think that's awesome. I mean, I think we all know people that have felt like outsiders and magic and just kind of um, being that inclusive environment is, is, has been important. I think it's been real important to, to kind of our success. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think it's, it's definitely something to say when you've been able to continue growing and accept I'm going to say lost sheep and I'm not trying to like offend anyone, you know, anything like that. I, I think it's, you look at people who play this game and like the average person maybe a little awkward. We're all awkward in our own ways, you know, maybe a little, little shy when it comes to things, have some anxieties and whatnot or, or whatever. And I, I think being able to be accepted in an area and be yourself is fantastic. I, I absolutely love this idea. I know myself, I've looked at it more recently with, I, I know some people are going crazy with like some cards will have 13 different arts or something, but you're able to then express yourself through the cards that you're playing, what you want. Well, I like this artwork more than this one. Uh, this one's cooler because, you know, it has these colors on or something like that. I think being able to express yourself, be yourself at these events are fantastic. So it's, it's great to be able to see it firsthand. Like I said, I've only been to one, but I I loved my experience. I've been trying to come to them for months. I I feel like honestly, probably two years since Ian talked about it the first time I had been trying to get to those things, but man, my schedule was just every single time you announced them, it was like, oh, I'm working this weekend. Like, damn it, I can't do it. I'm going to try and get out, but it's not going to uh, make it work. But truly seeing it firsthand, I it was it was great. You know, and I, it's, it's even someone who's played at these things, there was no, like, there was maybe a little, like, jitters or a little butterflies, if you want to call them that way. But then once the first round started, it was really, yeah, this was the community that's been building their continuing to grow and it's still welcoming more and more and more people and ask your questions. If you have questions, you know, make comments. If you have comments, as long as they're constructive and whatnot, I, I just thought it was fantastic. You know, and I'm, I'm really happy to see the continual growth and like this open. I'm super excited. I'm, I'm really hoping I can make it super excited to hear back from it, see how it goes little updates and everything it's it's great to see a a tournament like this that's coming up that's just doing it right because we're seeing these organizers and stuff 
not doing that and you know just seeing it done correctly and be like a mom and pop kind of a thing almost like that's that's how when you were talking about before running it out of your house and everything that that's what was coming to mind for me i know that's more of like a restaurant term but i I thought that was great so it was just so cool to see (laughs) yeah and to, to give people some background on on the bcdl and so it's happening november 12th um at brew dog brewery and um dog house hotel in canal winchester which is like 15 minutes from downtown columbus um, basically what this facility is is it's brew dogs north american production facility brew dog is a a company in scotland I believe they're a, a Scottish brewer. They're they're based out of Europe, but their U.S. facility is here. But what makes this place so awesome is they have a big event space where they do weddings. They have their on-site brewery in production. They have a, a giant restaurant with like some arcade games, tons of space, full bar, huge outside patio, picnic tables. There's a pond, there's a dog park, uh, there's cornhole. And then behind it, they have uh, a hotel. It's a 20, I believe it's 22 rooms. So like everything all in one site. And I don't know if like from the, you guys are, or maybe some of the listeners will remember the old pro tours. They used to do a lunch break and I've, been to so many tournaments where I just feel like I'm dying. <laughs> and it's like, I'd rather just eat snacks out of my bag than go get crappy subway kiosk, mm-hmm. like outside the convention center. So one of the things uh, I plan to do for this is we're taking a lunch break between rounds three and four for lunch. So um, they're going to have, a taco bar buffet, like two um, meat protein options and then a vegetarian protein option. And then, you know, like taco fixings, you know, whatever you want to to put on your taco. And we're going to take a break and eat, (laughs) which, you know, sounds kind of ridiculous, but God, I wish more tournaments did that. So, oh yeah, hundred percent agree. One of the reasons I always play aggro is so I have <laughs> enough time to go and get food between rounds. That's the nice thing about playing Delver. I know my round is over in thirty minutes, win or lose, if not sooner. <laughs> yeah, For, I, the I first legacy deck I ever built was Belcher, and you know, never had any problem finding time to go get food playing that deck. Show opponent my hand. Do you have it? No. <laughs> and but, so, it, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say my my first tournament, my last round took five turns. Like not five rounds of turns, five turns total between me and my opponent play three games in a Belcher versus Manalist Dredge matchup. <laughs> <laughs> nice and quick. Perfect. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, um, so also there will be beer available for purchase. At the brewery? brewery. Yeah, yeah, right? (laughs) So kind of the way uh, the event space is set up, 
So you walk into uh, the brewery. There's a big, long, open hall that's kind of like their welcoming area. There's a bar, and off to the left, there's an event space. And when you walk into the event space, there's kind of a a small area where a bar will be set up and, and probably some some bar tables for drinks. And then there's a couple partitions. And behind the partitions is like kind of just a big open space where we'll have tables set up um for for matches and you know people can have a beer between rounds uh, you won't be able to play year round with a beer I, I think that's i think kind of the my consensus from polling people and just kind of uh you know out of respect for people's cards which you know people will be playing with expensive cards is not to have beer in kind of that um beyond the partition in the event space while while rounds are going on i think for lunch it'll be fine and then mm -hmm. um after top eight uh, you know after swiss ends and we're, we're kind of in top eight you know that'll be fine just because so few people are, are playing mm -hmm. but um yeah you'll be able to get a beer i mean um oh three there will be some number of people that will go oh three lunch bar and it will be a fantastic day <laughs> because i can almost guarantee that everybody sitting at the bar will still be playing legacy so just have a little more fun with it because you can play whatever the hell you want jank brew you brought i almost feel like how many people are going to be hoping to go oh three they're going <laughs> like, to lose guarantee. there's going to be at least one oh one drop bracket <laughs> there's going to be somebody who loses the first round wins their second round and goes damn it <laughs> i've been there man damn i've been there <laughs> i mean yeah, then, then you're describing this place and i'm like dog park this is this is a brewery right we're still talking about a brewery this is an oasis actually sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if you want to see pictures you i don't even drink and i might to, never uh, leave <laughs> I, I took so my wife got um me and a couple friends a hotel room for my birthday there like um a few months ago and i took pictures and i put them on uh the bcdl twitter at bcd legacy mm. and you can see you know, I took pictures of food. I took pictures of the hotel room. I think there's video of the hotel room up there somewhere. Um, I, I took a picture of kind of the the outdoor patio space they have in the back. It's awesome. I, I think you've never seen a venue like this. I mean, the cost is is expensive. I mean, it's it's $140 per entry, but once you kind of realize that includes lunch, uh, you know, kind of the the venue fees, and then a minimum five k in prizes. You know, it, it just really looks like a basic a bargain. I mean, mm -hmm. first prize. I'll, I'll kind of talk about the prizes real quick. First prize are three volcanic islands. Uh, second, one volcanic island. Third and fourth, uh, I believe, are trops, trops or tundras. It's been a while since I've looked. Let me pull that up. And then Savannah's for fifth through eighth. And then Force of Wills for uh, nine through 16. And if we, you know, if we get to 100 paid players, I'm going to 
add another 1K in prizes. And if we get to 100, the cap of 128, I'm going to add um, like another 1.5K in prizes. I mean, so it could, you know, be up to 7.5K for a 128 player event, which is, which is I'll let insane EV. the audience yeah. do the math on, on that EV. I mean, <laughs> if you can find a better EV tournament, you should just go play that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you were doing. Does that two EV tops. include the taco bar too? Got to think of that. Yeah, the list. end. Yeah, the entry. <laughs> yeah, it's built into the entry. You could, uh, you know, put an EV calculation on that for, for those who are <laughs> so inclined. I mean, uh, it's tough to decide how much you value that taco bar. Taco bar at. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the math straight up. Like, I, I'm pretty open about kind of what things cost. I mean, certainly more so than any TO I've ever seen. I mean, it breaks out to about $55 a person. Like once you add in the food cost and then the setup fees, tax and gratuity mm -hmm. on top of it. So that's, I mean, I know a couple of you guys are in the restaurant industry. I mean, you kind of understand what's going on there. Mm -hmm. So then I think we've got another 55 for the prizes and then $20 for kind of like costs, you know, pay the judges, uh, pay the commentary, like, and going to doing an offsite venue by offsite, I mean, non LGS venue, they're just kind of things that you kind of have to bring or pay for that you typically don't like in an LGS, mm -hmm. like, um, table cards for table numbers. That's like one of the things I have to have made and bring, um, just kind of like banners for tables or signage to kind of tell people where we're going, what's what's happening. Um, we're also going to have two vendors for it, so people will be able to to buy and, and sell some cards, you know, as well. If you want to pick something up, or um, you know, if you kind of between rounds, you want to do some shopping, whatever, you know, pick up some sweet foils, whatever. That'll be available. And, you know, for those those O3 bar people, uh, I, I'm sitting on a case of double masters so we could do double master drafts. It, a case works out to four pods with prizes and that's 12, pa 12 prize packs per pod. Which, which is, is kind of insane value for a draft. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, the entry on that breaks out to $70 a head. But if you go first or second, even third or fourth, like if you're just, if you just win your first round, you, you've, you're positive EV. Yeah. yeah. And wow. just kind of given what's in double masters, you could easily just open a pack and pull an imperial seal. Like, well, if you lose round one, you're still up. Yeah. You still won. Congratulations. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Or, you know, like an etched foil Emmerpool or something like that, you know, like, so I think it, there's something for everyone. I mean, mm -hmm. and I'm open to ideas. I mean, I, I forget who it was on Twitter was like, Hey, uh, how do you feel about vintage side events? It's like, if, if people are down for it, if we get enough interest, you know, maybe I'll have, um, some vintage play test cards made. 
Mm-hmm. So, and and just let people borrow those to use. I mean, kind of the the playtest policy I'm going with for this is, you know, like I talked about, I'm going to supply them. Um, I've got a list of 21 cards, and you can see that in the info sheet pinned to the uh, BCD Legacy Twitter page. And if you see something on there that you don't want, I mean, it's the high card, high expensive cards in Legacy that are staples that you'd expect. All the duels, Cradle, Grim Monolith, Force of Wills, like basically anything around $100 or over cards I don't think people would have, like Personal Tutor, mm-hmm. are on there. Um, I don't have like the Abyss or Chains of Mephistopheles on there, but if any of you Pox players out there want to play with those cards, message me and I will have play test Abyss and Chains for you for the <laughs> event. I mean, yeah, as much um, as I love playing Pox, I don't think that's the tournament for me to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, first prize is three folks, so I mean do with that what you will if you if you think pox is your best shot to win that uh i i want you to win that with pox i want <laughs> oh, yeah. I for the box player even if they beat me i'm <laughs> i'm okay with that i mean also winner gets their name on the golden chicken trophy i don't know if all of you guys have seen this you've probably seen it at this point right yeah yeah so, for the listeners, yeah. I had uh, a special trophy made with the BCDL logo, and there are plaques all around the trophy base with the winner's name, their their deck archetype, and the month and year that they won. And uh, on top of it is a big golden chicken. <laughs> so, it is one of if I am able to get my name on that trophy, it'll be the crowning achievement of my magic career. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean. You laughed, but we, the... It's so good. What was it? Um, let me find it. Eternal Weekend, the only Eternal Weekend in the world happened November 2021 in Columbus, Ohio, because of the pandemic. They didn't, it didn't run online. It didn't, no, it ran online. It didn't run anywhere in paper, except I did it. <laughs> and, and Randy won it with red green lands. And, you know, when I say I kind of put everything back in, I mean, we were, um, this was an eternal weekend celebration. So what, what does, what makes eternal weekend special? Uh, it's art, the big art. So what I had made was a Buffalo chicken dip brainstorm. And if, if you haven't seen it, you can see um, Randy Lentz won it when he he played lands. And of course, a, a you know non-brainstorm player wins the the brainstorm of course. chicken. <laughs> but it turned the out, only deck in the room that wasn't playing brainstorm. Oh, one of the few. I mean, I I don't remember the meta off offhand, but of, of course, I'm saying hyperbole when I say the only. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Few. Yeah, there's not not a lot. And yeah, I had a giant framed art card made for him and, and, and gave it to him. And Adriano Catani did it. And, um, for, for those that don't know, Adriano is the artist that does all the art for MTG Goldfish. Mm-hmm. So if you like MTG Goldfish, that's that's the art that's, that's up there. And 
you know, this is just the kind of cool stuff that, you know, I do to try and make these tournaments special, you know, whether it's having art made or, or looking for a, a venue that people want to go to, like the convention hall thing is cool. We've all done it a million times. It's kind of necessary, but you know, I want to do something, something different. I mean, uh, star city NRG legacy pit open, like, they do a great job with, with these larger events, but I think there's kind of a niche there. There's kind of a gap between, you know, those big convention events and LGS level. And that's really kind of what the BCDL open is, you know, like, uh, like I said, it's a minimum 5k in prizes and it's just something totally different, like a venue that you want to be at. And if you get a chance to stay at the on-site hotel, totally worth it. I mean, um, there's a fridge in the shower filled with beer. <laughs> so that's that's sweet. Like the rooms are just really cool looking. I mean, they, they have guitars in them. Mm-hmm. They have beer. They just, it's just such a cool venue. Um, yeah. It's, and, it's and worth checking out the pictures. So too. And they have about anything you could like style wise you could want and you could also do brewery tours there like if you if you scrub out you could just probably jump on the six o'clock beer tour or or five o'clock beer tour and and they'll gladly take it and you get beer so you get a beer when you go on the tour and if you stay at the hotel you get a beer at check-in and then I think at night too, like for like um, happy hour mm-hmm. and happy cookies. hour and night camp yeah. or something. Yeah. It's, it was like <laughs> 7 PM beer and cookies. Like, okay. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. that, sounds, that sounds like an out, like a country album, 7 PM beer and cookies. <laughs> 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 I got to write that down. Hold on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been, I've been working in, um in craft breweries for the last four and a half years now and as soon as i saw that this tournament was going to happen at brew dog like you hadn't even opened registration yet and i had already signed up <laughs> like i i just knew as soon as it announced it's like okay 100 going don't care whatever days i have to take off of work i am making this happen this is going to be an awesome event yeah, I, and there's still plenty of spots left. I mean, I um, I started taking signups, like kind of, I guess, pre-registrations through um, Twitter or Facebook, you know, like, and mm-hmm. at first I was going to kind of wait and see, and I just kind of got bombarded <laughs> by the event. And when people were trying to give you money, it's it just makes my life easier to, to have the money as soon as possible. Absolutely because I take that money and I go buy cards and kind of, as all of us have seen, the longer you wait, the higher prices tend to be. So the sooner I can buy cards, um, the better. I mean, for, for any of these events, whether they be kind of the smaller community events or, or a bigger event, like the open, like, um, right now I've got 55 people for the open who have signed up and paid me and another 20 that, haven't paid me yet so you know we're sitting at, at you know about 75 people 
So, and we're still, I wouldn't, I, yeah. And we're still, yeah. Two months away. So I, I think this event, I I would love to see a cap. I really want to see a cap. And Um, you said the cap was 128. Yeah. It's 128. So there's still plenty of time to sign up and you can either sign up online you know, just by hitting me up on Twitter or Facebook, I'll just give you the PayPal or you can go to MTG melee and, um, the BCDL opens in melee as well as the, uh, BCDL 10, which I've got scheduled for, um, nine 17. So Saturday, mm-hmm. the, the 17th. So that's going on. Uh, I mean, people ask me all the time, like, I get compliments. We love what you do for the community. Like, thank you. And I appreciate that. And people always ask me like, how can I help? What do you need from me? Honestly, it's the same thing every time sign up early, sign up often because the more money I have and the sooner I have people signed up, the, the easier it makes my life running the events and, and being able to get cards and make sure I have money to pay judges, pay the staff, and kind of my public service announcement, pay judges, absolutely pay, pay staff. Um, I'll be transparent about this. I mean, our local communities, the judges have asked for two twenty five for for judging, and I gladly pay that. And and I buy them lunch. Mm-hmm. And for the LGS, I also buy staff the staff their lunch and the commentators. Mm-hmm. Like just these people are working so we can have events. And I want to make sure, you know, they're taken care of and they deserve to be. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah. And for comparison, like the 225 that you're paying the judges for these like local level events, I believe is actually higher than even like DreamHack is offering judges who have to travel to their events. So like you're taking care of your people for sure. Yeah. I, I kind of saw the whole thing with DreamHack and I think it's, candidly and it's embarrassing like mm-hmm, for sure like if, if i'm dream hack i mean if i'm a judge i would feel like that's a slap in the face i mean yeah. i doubt atlanta has that many judges locally to staff an event that large like you know put them up pay for some travel i mean this they're not asking for much like you can't really run a good event in my mind without judges. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least one, I mean, we always have one L2 for 64 people, mm-hmm. which, which is a lot. It's asking a lot, but we, the, um, we're very fortunate in Columbus that we have four or five very experienced veteran L2 judges here. And, and they've kind of like all agreed like, yeah, this, this is okay. Like we're, we're fine with this level. And also being legacy, you have a lot of experienced players that already know a lot of the rule interactions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it kind of doesn't come up as often. I mean, a lot of players kind of know, and, you know, um, I always tell people, you know, if you have a question, ask a judge, ask them, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you're never offending anyone by asking a judge. Yeah. So, you know, we believe in, in having that. Um, I tried to get DreamHack to let me 
do a sanctioned legacy RCQ. So that would be no play test cards for, for RCQ. And they told me no, um, because I guess WotC sets the formats you can do RCQs for. Mm-hmm. And legacy was not one of them. God, I would play the shit out of a legacy RCQ. Like I, yeah. I hated grinding those events so much, but I would make an <laughs> exception for the legacy one. Like, yeah. I mean, no, I want to go. I want to go back to without real quick about uh, calling a judge. Like, if you are one of those people who gets annoyed because your opponent called a judge, you're the problem. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't. It doesn't matter what it's for. I got a judge called on me because I played in Evolving Wilds and the guy thought it might have been illegal. And I'm just, I just laughed. Like I didn't get annoyed. I just laughed internally. I didn't laugh at him. I didn't want to embarrass him, but just internally I was laughing. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Go ahead. Do what you got to do. Yeah. The, the judges are there to make it so that everybody has a good time. Everything goes smoothly. Yeah. Like exactly. he's trying to offend anybody. I had help. And I think. What's funny is that a legacy tournament, more than anything else, maybe vintage, but at a legacy more than anyone else, if you don't know an interaction, somebody with an arm's reach of you does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, at a real tournament, you know, like like your tournament, you know, at an actual tournament, it's probably not a great idea to just go based off that. Do still call the judge. Yeah. But that is always nice to know that, like, you know, most of the time, unless it is something completely crazy and off the wall somebody around you has seen it before mm-hmm. yeah, we've all been playing long enough we've seen some shit yeah yeah and especially in legacy there's like you talked about before there's some interactions that can be wild i mean uh the one we went to there i had two or three judge calls because it's just like hey me and my opponent were like i think this is how it works but let's just call make sure it works you know, let, let's get someone else's opinion on it. And however they say, that's how we're going to run it and figure it out. You know, that, it works. You can learn things. That's the whole, that's the whole thing, right? That's the whole get. <laughs> yeah. And these are, to get better. the judges we use, like I said, are, are L2s and mm-hmm. like, they've kind of seen it all. I mean, a lot of people will probably recognize the the judges are events you know if you've ever been to a, a star city you've definitely seen them if you've ever played uh, like rcqs in and around the columbus area you've you've seen them i mean they're fantastic i can't say enough about our local judge community and and we've i've even had judges from other areas start to reach out to us which is, has been fantastic but i kind of just you know no offense to those people try to go with the local judges just just because you know i want them to have events uh to to judge and you know they're as much a a part of the community as as anyone else and and the players and we can't have the events without them so you know i i want to keep them engaged and interested as well absolutely absolutely i think um i'd like to point out something that you talked about as well um Yes, there's this is broadcast on Twitch and you have commentators and everything too. Like this is these are great events. You know, if you can't make it to one of these things, you can still tune in and get great coverage and see it all. And I, I think that's something that's huge too, because with you know uh 
pandemic and the quarantine and everything, like thing people had to cut back on a lot of stuff, but people can still sit at their computers and play this game and even just watching it more too and getting able to see paper legacy being played with, you know, something legitimate on the line. I think it's fantastic. I think it's really cool. And it's, it's taking the small community, you know, that, that you've started in, in Columbus, but like you said, it's been growing more and more and more like we're all from the Cleveland area and we're all like, yeah, two and a half hours. Yeah. It's whatever we can, who wants to carpool? Let's go. You know, you're, you're pulling in more and more people. And even with that reach as well, you know, being able to stream and, um, just get more people watching the game, learning the game and playing it, I, I think is awesome. You know, just seeing the, the community grow that way as well. I think it's super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We stream at uh, twitch.tv slash Buffalo chicken dip legacy. And also on, I, I put all the, the video on demands up after the event on our YouTube page. That's YouTube slash Buffalo chicken dip legacy. Mm-hmm. And like it's 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 awesome. Like just going back and watching the coverage. I mean, even the last one, seeing me get stomped by by Billy Mitchell, it's it's just cool. I mean, there's just something about playing on camera and you know watching Twitch chat poke you after the fact, or or watching <laughs> your buddies, or or going going over your match. Like, oh man, what did I do wrong? What could I have done here? That's just it's just so cool, and you know we i don't always try to put chalk on so it's not you know six rounds of delver mm-hmm. i mean if you're you're playing something cool we'll we'll get it on or if you're you're doing good i mean i think what's kind of sweet about these events is they're small enough and and people bring stuff i'd say we're we're pretty close to the online meta mm-hmm. because there's really no financial consideration by allowing playtest cards but people bring some some off the wall stuff, and sometimes that wins. I mean, like like looking at at the the decks that have won, like Painter has won, D and T has won. Um, no Delver deck has won BCDL. Justice. Yeah, <laughs> that is Dude, wild. Depths, Depths, Depths is one back to back. But yeah, like the last one, there was three Depths in the top eight, and there was two in the finals. Like yeah. that room was prepared to beat Delver. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. There's still plenty of Delver. There's no shortage of yeah. Delver. Yeah. But you know, but people, people prepared come prepared knowing that. Yeah, and it really does track pretty close with the the online meta and like i said our, our players are are serious enough because there's enough on the line but you know there are people that still bring some blue, some brews like blue white red monkey still is on here i mean <laughs> uh land still has one more bcdls than uh delver of secrets so and, and we've had some people come out of nowhere to to win I mean, there's some people on here that you wouldn't have thought would have won. So, I mean, it's open. Anyone can win. Anything can win. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, also what makes Legacy great. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Because like I've described legacy as a format before to people where it's like, you know, you have a standard format where there's like three tier one decks and then anything else and you're not really trying. Modern can get a bit more expanded on that. But legacy has always had like one S tier deck, maybe two, and then about 15 like just half a tier lower than that decks. Yeah. You have to have a game plan for every single one of them or you will not win a tournament. And just the sheer amount of decks that are perfectly viable to play is just, if you're coming from a format like Standard or Pioneer, it's just insane having this many options of like powerful decks. You can just play whatever you really want. Like mm. I showed up at the last one with Mono Green 12 Post and you look at this deck compared to like expressive iteration, Merktide Regent, and you're just like, this deck can never win. But then you just resolve a primeval Titan and then Delver can never win. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just the interactions between all these different decks and how they play on each other and how the matchups can affect other matchups. It just is the most intricate format you can ever really have in Legacy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I, I did want to ask, do you play any formats other than Legacy anymore? Yeah, I play basically everything but standard. Um, I play quite a bit of limited on Arena because it's kind of free to play. Mm -hmm. uh, I play I play modern. I've played probably modern is the format I've had the most success in, which is is, is kind of weird. And I also play vintage. Um, I play old school and middle school pre-modern mm -hmm. also play so i basically play everything but pioneer and standard uh, at this point i mean and that's kind of when i started this part of what i took inspiration from was old school like that community aspect and then kind of tried to give something a, a little more competitive with, with the prize structure or as old school, you're just kind of, there's very little, if anything on the line, but try to be, because legacy now is kind of at a point where it's somewhere between modern and old school. Like it's not this sanctioned format in the way modern is like, yeah, there's a, maybe a couple of events on magic online that queue for something, but on the whole, it's it's really community driven, kind of like old school, where the community really, you know, drives the interest and you know things like the NRG series are, are great, you know, kind of push legacy. But really, the community is going to drive the interest in events like this, events like uh, you know Legacy Pit and, and the Legacy Pit Open. And, you know, shout out to, to Travis and, and his crew and, you know, anyone kind of working to keep legacy alive. I, I think it's fantastic, but yeah, to answer your question, I, I pretty much will play anything other than standard and pioneer at this point. Yeah. I can't really blame you too much on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking I mean, like, forward to like, Vegas to, know, to play more vintage. Oh, it's going to be such a fun event. 
and uh we'll have to live it vicariously through you guys that are going yeah (laughs) and while we're out there um one of the guys that i'm traveling with is most likely going to be bringing his powered cube so we'll at least get one draft in if you want to join us yeah yeah i think uh i think uh i ended up getting it me and one of the other guys from columbus ended up getting a room at the same place you guys did gotcha you know asked david i was like hey where are you all staying and he told me, I'm like, oh, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll get a room there too. Like, why Why the hell not? So it's, it's a nice cheap hotel. You don't have to stay there. And it's like on the strip. So you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. yeah. I mean, someone asked me about it. I'm like, you know what? It's Vegas. You were barely in the room. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, when you go to Vegas, you don't spend a lot on the room because you're not going to spend a lot of time there. Yeah. And like the weekend, like usually, like I've been to Vegas, like, quite a few times usually rooms are the cheapest part but with it being a holiday weekend and i believe a music festival's going on mm-hmm. hotel rates are, are pretty jacked up for that weekend compared to what they normally are i mean i looked at i give the other guy that's rooming with me an option I'm like hey we could we could change to a another hotel is like usually when we go like we'll stay at bellagio or caesar's and like I'm down to do that, but it's going to be two grand for the weekend. Yeah. You know, we'll split. It's a grand each. Like if you're down, I'm cool with that, but I'm just giving you the option. I'm just telling you what the options are. <laughs> and he's like, I'm good. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, could, like, or, or go with me on this. We could not do that. Uh, <laughs> it was like, is there, is there a safe in the room to lock our stuff up? I'm like, yeah. Yes. According to the website, there there will be a safe in the room. <laughs> I, I stayed at this hotel the last time I was in Vegas for the Channel Fireball event last year. There was a safe in my room. So there you go. Yeah. So I, I mean I, I can't wait. I mean, am I a little disappointed there's not a bigger legacy event? Yeah, sure. But I, I think um you know they're doing something and, and I really I realize you can't please everyone. I think mm-hmm. You know, it's it's great. I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm going to do one of the modern events, and then I'll probably spend the rest of the time playing Vintage and Legacy. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's, that's my plan at the moment as well. So <laughs> um, before we get too, too caught up in talking about Vegas, though, um, just want to probably wrap things up here. want to thank Rob again for coming on. Absolutely. Talking about, talking yes, about the and everything. Um, I really hope that we can get another, another couple, you know, dozen events or so going, um, <laughs> hope that everything lives strong. Yeah. We get another Thank couple, maybe I'll for... finally make it down for one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in the same boat as Dom. It always seems to like happen. I was going to go to I think either eight or nine. And I was like, shit, my cousin's getting married that weekend. <laughs> cousin you'll see, it's just your cousin right yeah that's exactly <laughs> that's like uh where i'm at right now is with the open so when i get my schedule i get my schedule for like the next eight months pretty much and i have like a 98 percent accuracy of if i'm working or not and when the open falls i might be able to go i think it would be a prep day i might not be able to stay down there might be able to come back so 
I'm going to, I'm going to get a little bit closer and then start talking to my boss about finagling that to work. So we'll see. I, I hope I make it down there. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you can't, it's, it's totally worth it. I think this is going to be something very unique and, and, and just kind of a special event that, that you really won't want to miss. Like if you're, Absolutely. you're out there and, um, you know, thank you to, to all the people that, that come to the events and support and, um, you know, you guys for helping, for having me on and helping me get the word out and, uh, you know, kind of all the people that, that do the same, whether, you know, you've had a podcast I've been on or, uh, you know, Joe Dyer, his articles and MTG, MTG goldfish that, that kind of help us out. And, um, I mean, really this, this is a community thing. I mean, you know, people help me in different ways, whether it be signing up or, help me promote or just writing about it or, you know, just giving me the time. So thank you for having me on. And I really look forward to, to seeing you all there. And um, yeah, I, I, we've been doing, I've been doing this for, you know, August, 2019 was BCDL one. And they just, you know, we, as long as people were interested, I'll keep running them. Um, oh yeah. So, I mean, well, even with, uh, keep the interest going. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> sign up. Like you want to help me <laughs> sign up early, sign up often. Hell yeah. Like, there we go. Perfect. All right. So from all of us here at the pregame effect and at Buffalo chicken dip, y'all have a good rest of the night. See you. Take Bye, care. Everybody. Everybody.